Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications connect to more we have so much to get into within the analysis of this but my number one takeaway and by the way we were sort of spreading it all out because i knew that riley was going to be in seattle i knew that sean rainey our good buddy who will join us with a a couple of his best memories and and moments of this game on saturday as well was going to be in seattle and uh, i sent andrew houghton our new espn correspondent longtime skyline sports writer over to husky stadium as well and so I made the trip down to Laramie because I thought that was going to be a pretty darn good game between Montana State and Wyoming. Turns out it was. So then I was coming back from uh, Laramie, rushing to get my story done, listening to Riley's call on the radio. Really enjoyed listening to the first half on the radio, but we timed it perfect. Pulled right as I pressed print on the Bobcat story, pulled right into a place. I said, I don't care about this UCLA game that you got on the television. Give me the Pac-12 network. Well, who's playing? Montana and Washington. Give it to me. So they gave it to me. And I got to watch intently uh, all the way down the stretch. And uh, what an awesome victory for Montana. But this was my number one takeaway from this game was we've seen 20 now Big Sky Conference teams beat FBS teams over the last 20 years, since, since the turn of the century. We've seen several Big Sky teams beat ranked opponents. Eastern Washington went into Corvallis and beat Oregon State a couple years back. Uh, there's been five total FCS victories over FBS-ranked opponents. Michigan, uh, App State over Michigan back in 2007, the first of those. But every FCS opponent, or every every FCS team that toppled a ranked FBS opponent did it either with a transcendent offensive talent like Armati Edwards or Vernon Adams at quarterback or Cooper Cup for Eastern Washington, and they did it by scoring an unbelievable amount of points. This was not that. 
Montana actually left a lot to be desired offensively. I think they have a lot left on the table, both in terms of play calling, getting their playmakers involved, uh, execution, fluidity, all of it. They straight smacked Washington. They dominated the game. You're not supposed to dominate the line of scrimmage against a number 20 team in the country. You're not supposed to overwhelm Washington's offense with all your blitzes and pressures. And in the secondary, my one of my best friends, a guy who worked with in Ellensburg, Washington, he is a University of Washington alum, longtime Washington season ticket holder. He texted me midway through the third quarter. He said, who the hell are all these guys Montana's got in the secondary? They all look like they played in the Pac-12. I said, well, they did. They so did. It was an amazing effort by Montana because uh, – it is so rare for a FC. I mean, not so rare. That's not the right word. It's fully unique. This has never happened before. A team that went into a hostile environment like Husky Stadium and straight punched Washington straight in the face. It was an unbelievably dominant effort physically, particularly on the fronts by Montana. There was nothing fluky about it, Coulter. It didn't take a trick play. I was looking at Greg Sundberg, my color analyst, during the second half saying, hey, the Grizz are close enough here. If they had a play maybe saved for October or November, you pull that thing out right now. They never had to the entire game. And we always had said going into it, hey, well, you know, the Grizz fronts improved, but they're probably going to get worn down towards the end of the game. You watched it during the fourth quarter. We saw it play out in front of our eyes at Husky Stadium. The Grizzlies out-physicaled Washington the entire game. This is one of the top three conservatively. Top three offensive lines in the entire country. And the Four gri- all-pack 12 selections on the offensive line. Two guys are going to get drafted in the first round. They didn't even give up a sack during the fall season. No, and the Grizzlies got him three different times. Patrick and, and, Wilson- and, and it was the pressures beyond that, though. Oh. I mean, if you were... I wish that that's the one uh, most miskept stat in college football, I think, is hurries. Yep. Man, Montana had, what, 15 more hurries? I mean, Dylan Morris was under duress from start to finish. And he had never been under duress like that in his entire career against the likes of a Utah or an Arizona front, anybody in the Pac-12. The Grizzlies, they felt the confidence all the way through it, and we just absolutely saw them progress towards the end of the game. They ended up dominating Washington, seriously up front, and you're right. They left a lot to be desired offensively. Cam Humphrey started 2 out of 10, but you know what? A lot of people will just look at the stat line. That's a lazy take, in my opinion. He never turned the ball over against a really stiff Washington defense. He only took one sack. It wasn't really an impactful sack. He had pocket awareness like I've never seen before and probably dodged out of two or three near sacks that really kept drives alive. Um, The Grizz overcame a lot in this game, and their offense did just enough to get it done. We thought going in, I thought style of play with both of these teams that it would be a lower scoring game. Therefore, the offenses were not going to blow you off the page at all. But this Grizzly defense historic performance on a lot of different levels, um, but definitely the reason why this team was able to pull off the upset win. We were so excited to come hang out with you that I didn't even tell you any of the good details of this whole thing. You are listening to Nuanez now. It is ESPN Missoula, 1029 FM. You're also watching in statewide television, SWX Montana TV. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me, Coulter Nuanez in studio. If you want to Give us your feedback. Where were you when you were watching the Grizzlies or the Bobcats or anybody in between? What's your reaction to Montana's upset win over the University of Washington? Call us, text us, 888-1029. That's 406-888-1029. All guests will join us via the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. We are broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsports studio. Northwest Motorsports, new to Missoula. Located at the corner of Stevens and Mount. 
They boast the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. You can also visit Northwest Motorsport, nwmsrocks.com. Last but not least, going over to our YouTube channel, we need you to subscribe. We're going to be giving you Grizz tickets throughout the year. We are also planning a big giveaway, when it, and I don't even know. You guys might be getting a freezer or a grill or a rifle, or we might just give it all to you. I don't know, but the only way you're going to win it is if you go and subscribe to our YouTube channel because we're going to give this thing away via YouTube to our YouTube subscribers. So go check out Nuanas now on YouTube. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me here in studio. And let's put this thing into a national perspective. We'll have our Montana football hour, the second hour of this show, so stay tuned for that. We'll have more reaction and more sound from Bobby Houck, Brent Vegan, and uh, all the usual suspects here uh, when it comes to Big Sky Conference football around the state of Montana. But we go now to the Rankins Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in our good buddy, good friend of this show, and one of the best in the business when it comes to talking and covering FCS football on the national level. He's the senior analyst for Hero Sports. It's Sam Herter joining us on the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. Sam, how you doing, man? Good to have FCS football back in full force. What's going on with you? Hey, it's good to be back on. It was great to watch some FCS football. I uh, have full slate of FCS football in the fall for the first time in nearly a couple of years. And, yeah, week one, you definitely started out with a bang. Uh, that is for sure. Well, let's start with the Big Sky Conference, and let's start with the state of Montana, and let's start with the city of Missoula. University of Montana walks into Husky Stadium and posts a 13-7 victory over the Washington Huskies. This is something that resonated across the country. This was getting talked about nationally at pretty much every level. But, Sam, just your reaction to Montana's season opening win. Yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely one of the best FCS over FBS wins uh, in history, really, there's only been uh, five other times uh, in, in the 2000s, at least, where an FCS team beat a ranked FBS opponent. And kind of my thought going into the game was, I mean, I I didn't really even flirt with the idea of Montana pulling off the upset. My thought was, yeah, the Grizz are going to lose, but I want to see how competitive they are. You know, athlete for athlete, you know, just depth-wise, how are they going to compete? Is it going to be a 28-14 loss, or is it going to be a 42-7 to loss? Like, what kind of loss is it going to be? And then, of course, the Grizz, you know, proved basically everyone wrong and uh, and just, you know, defensively a dominant effort. The offense wins or the offense did just enough. And I, I've said it plenty of times. Now, I'm not the only one to say it, to say this, but the, the FCS is better when Montana is good. Same thing with Montana State. Same thing with Sam Houston. Same thing with Delaware. When Montana's good, uh, that's good for the FCS because they are a blue blood program. And so I think, and that's kind of the interesting thing about the FCS is they're like, you know, NDSU fans, GMU fans, they probably get annoyed with some Montana fans. But at the same time, you know, that night, Saturday night, Everyone around the FCS was cheering for Montana. Uh, I guess I don't know if Montana State fans were cheering for Montana to win that game, but I know NDSU, South Dakota State, every single fan I, I saw on Twitter you know, was cheering for the Grizz to win, and that was pretty cool. When you look at it nationally, Sam, uh, I think, and you were just touching on this, but the last couple years, what has been maybe the narrative around Montana football as far as, okay, there's a lot of bark, but there's not much bite yet. Yeah, they might be on the cusp, but are they truly a national title contender? After this win, would you put them in that category number one? And throughout the course of the game, what were some of your observations, maybe from the physicality, the defenses, what were some of your observations about this particular Montana team, especially how they compare to that upper end that they've been trying to get to the whole time with the likes of South Dakota State, North 
North Dakota State, JMU, and Sam Houston. Yeah, what's Montana? It's kind of been, and I kind of have this this running bit, you know, every week where I call it the Montana Grizz Who's Back of the Week Award. You know, if sometimes it goes to Jacksonville State if they get a good win and, uh, you know, they get a ranked win and everyone wonders if Jacksonville State is back. And kind of the joke there, and it's a playoff of, uh, part of my take, their podcast called the Tiger Woods, who's back of the week. And they basically make fun of every single, you know, it seems like multiple times a year, ESPN is always talking about, oh, is, is Tiger Woods back? And I was kind of doing that with Montana saying, oh, is Montana back? Because it seemed like every year going all the way back to 2015, Montana would land a huge non-conference win, whether it was against North Dakota State or I think Northern Iowa in 2016 was ranked number three. And Montana got a win, and it seemed like every 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 part of the non-conference every year it was always is, is is Montana back? Is Montana back? Are the Grizz back? And in 2015, 2016, it ended up you know Montana wasn't back. 2019 obviously took a huge step forward, made it to the quarterfinals, and then after beating Washington, the the question came up again: Is Montana back? And I think this win is certainly different than, you know, going back to the 2015 win against North Dakota State because, you know, that win, Bob Sitt brought in that, that new offense and UC wasn't prepared for, and the Grizz got that upset. This is, you know, a, just a different kind of win. This isn't, you know, <laughs> you know I, I know uh, Coach Howell kind of took a jab at Bemidji State uh, there, but, but this isn't Montana beating, you know, UNLV or, you know, San Jose State, even though San Jose State's pretty good. I mean, this is the number 20 team in the country. Washington has, you know, a ton of ranked uh, recruits on the roster. So this is a different level of an upset. And I think what I saw, especially in the trenches, tells me that this team is is ready to be in that Tier 1 and is now in that Tier 1 with the likes of North Dakota State, James Madison, Sam Houston, and South Dakota State. Sam Herder joining us here on Nuanas Now. It's ESPN Radio around the great state of Montana. Sam, last question on this because I do want to talk about some of the other uh, Big Sky games. And I don't want to be the Debbie Downer here, but I do think that there's an element of this where this is such a profound upset uh, that it could be this this landmark for Montana that then they have to continue to strive to get towards. Being around this team for the last couple of years, I do think they're driven and hungry to do that. But what do you think this win does for Montana uh, just in terms of setting the bar for the rest of their season? Yeah, that 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 will be interesting uh, because I kind of mentioned, but in past seasons there would be you know a really hot start for Montana, then they would they would lose a few games, and this weekend's game is interesting. You know, Western Illinois. If you would ask me two weeks ago, I would say that Montana wins by several touchdowns, uh, but you know this could be one of those emotional. I don't, I don't, I don't think Western Illinois is going to win, but it could be an emotional, you know, kind of letdown for the Grizz, where maybe they don't win as much as they want to. And Western Illinois, who was picked to finish last in the Valley, almost beat FBS Ball State, and so the Leathernecks are much improved. And so I think this, this kind of sets this win against Washington sets a high level of expectations for Montana. You know, I said it multiple times that the Grizz were kind of in that tier two bordering tier one, but they had to show something first to enter that tier one of legit national title contenders. And obviously when you beat number 20 Washington, that's going to put you into tier one. And so I don't know if it, it adds more pressure to Montana or not, because, you know, they, they, the Grizz within the program already had really high expectations. And so I don't want to say this adds more pressure, but it certainly sets the bar high where now if, if the Grizz don't, you know, make a long playoff run, maybe it's even more disappointing than, than what it would have been just because 
this opening win, you know, really sets the bar high. Well, Sam, you live in Missouri Valley country, and looking at the top 25 that came out yesterday, it's pretty evident the top two leagues in this country are the Big Sky and the Missouri Valley. You have four teams from each conference in the top 11, eight of the top 11 coming from those two. And now with what the Big Sky was able to do, not only Montana, but to get FBS wins from Eastern Washington, UC Davis along the lines, where do you think this kind of propels the Big Sky from a national ranking? It's been... Everyone kind of taking second fiddle to the Missouri Valley for a bunch of years. Well, the Big Sky Conference, I think finally for the first time in a while, has the teams at the top to compete and absolutely prove that they're just as good, if not better, than the Missouri Valley teams at the top. So where do you stand right now when you're looking at the two leagues and how much did last weekend and those three FBS wins from the conference as a whole uh, change your opinion? Yeah, it's, it's probably 1A, 1B right now. I still lean uh, the Valley a little bit just because I think there are more national title contenders in the Valley. Uh, I think South Dakota State is my number one right now. And NDSU against Albany looked like they solved their quarterback issues, and so it would not surprise me at all to see uh, the Bison win a national title this year. And so those are our two really good teams right there. And then UND looked really good against Idaho State uh, in, in a game that I thought, uh, you know, Idaho State was going to give them a, a really good game. You can look at Northern Iowa, nearly beating and probably should have beat Iowa State, who I think was number six or number seven in, in the country. Uh, and so the, the top of the Valley is looking really, really good. At the same time, you know, the Big Sky, I think right now they have one legit national title contender in Montana. And then Weber State and Montana State, obviously the Bobcats showed something with nearly beating Wyoming. I think those teams are still in Tier 2. And so I give a slight edge to the Valley right now, but not by much. Uh, but I will say this. I know there was – it was – it probably wasn't consensus, but for the most part, people in the offseason would, would say, you know, the Valley is number one, and then number two, it's either the Big Sky or the CAA. It was kind of who's better, the Big Sky or the CAA. Well, I think it's pretty obvious now that the Big Sky is better than the CAA. And now the, the discussion or the argument is more who's better, the Valley or the Big Sky. And so that just kind of goes to show that the Big Sky really raised some eyebrows this last week and, and is pushing for that top conference spot. Sam Herter joining us here on Nuanas Now. It's 102.9 ESPN Radio as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV. Hi, everybody. We're back in action. Fired a little early today, so that's why we weren't uh, uh, right off the top. But... SWX has got great content going on uh, all the way across the board. Sam is the FCS Senior Analyst for Hero Sports. And Sam, let's take a quick look around the rest of the Big Sky Conference. Montana's win obviously sent shockwaves across the country. Uh, Montana State's great performance in a 1916 loss in Laramie uh, at Wyoming. Uh, another impressive performance, but three, count them, three Big Sky Conference teams took down FBS opponents, including UC Davis marching into Tulsa and beating a good Tulsa team. This is a Tulsa team uh, that was undefeated in their uh, portion of the C or the AAC, excuse me, uh, regular season last fall. Took Cincinnati to overtime in the uh, AAC championship game. And so this is a big win for for UC Davis. And then Eastern Washington, <laughs> they tried to lose it a million different ways by missing three different field goals, but they ended up pulling out a 37-35 win at UNLV. So just your thoughts on the other two Big Sky Conference FBS upsets. Yeah, the UC Davis one was really impressive. Tulsa is a, a quality, uh, a really good group of five team. And I know 
Uh, Dan Hawkins really likes this year's UC Davis team. Uh, he told Colton Poole of the Bozeman Chronicle that he thinks uh, this UC Davis team is the best team he's coached at UC Davis, and that's that's saying a lot considering the 2018 team made it to the quarterfinals and, and nearly beat Eastern Washington, and the Eagles obviously went on to make the national title game. And so he, he thinks highly of his team, and you know to beat Tulsa I think was really impressive. The Eastern Washington UNLV game was, was very, very entertaining, uh, or at least the second half was entertaining. I was shocked to see it was 6-3 to three at, at halftime. Uh, I was able to tune in at, at the end of the first half. Um, I was not expecting a 6-3 ball game, but, you know, both offenses started to light it up in the second half, and that was a, a really entertaining game, a great win for the Eagles. Uh, it, it's it's one of those tough things where you don't want to, you know, kind of be a wet blanket on some of these wins, but at the same time, I don't want to overreact to some of these FBS wins because, in my opinion, if UNLV was in the big sky or was an FCS team this year, they probably wouldn't be a playoff team. And so it's a great win for Eastern Washington, but just because they beat UNLV, I'm not going to, I'm not going to all of a sudden, you know, jump them, you know, into my top five rankings or top eight rankings. And so it's, it's kind of that, that balance of, of it being a really impressive win, but at the same time, you know, not trying to overreact too much to it and, and jumping the Eagles way up in the national rankings. He's Sam Herter, senior FCS analyst for hero sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Sam Herder FCS, and you can find all his great work at HeroSports.com. Sam, we appreciate you making the time today, man. Thanks so much for swinging by, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Sounds good. Thank you guys for having me. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. I totally agree with the premise that he's making, though, because it isn't, it isn't about demeaning anything or being a wet blanket. But at the end of the day, college football is all about the, the arc and rhythm and flow of the season. You have to put the last week behind you. It's one of my favorite parts about covering the FCS level, though, because a loss doesn't kill you. So we're gonna. We saw this last weekend. I mean, Georgia Clemson. Clemson's in trouble. Clemson, Clemson's in trouble after yeah. one week, and yeah. so it sucks as a coach because now you can't just focus on getting your team better and having them really prepare for something because you already got the carrot taken away from you. And you have to politic to say, okay, if we go eleven and one, we deserve to be back in. Uh, rather than, yes, exactly. absolutely. So I always think that it's almost certain that every team at the FCS level is going to stub their toe at some point or another. You just hope if you're the coaching staffs. That it doesn't happen in the playoffs, and you, but you also hope that if and when it does happen, you continue to get better from that point. But when you look at the FBS uh, upsets by Big Sky Conference teams over the last 20 years, UC Davis in 2018 over San Jose State, Eastern Washington in 2016 over Washington State, Portland State twice in 2015 over Washington State and North Texas, Southern Utah in 2013 over South Alabama, Eastern Washington over number 25, Oregon State back in 2013. Then you have to go all the way back to the mid-2000s when Montana was still having their home and homes against Idaho. And those come with an asterisk. They come with an asterisk. What I'm pointing out here is those games, those half a dozen upsets I just named, those are the only teams of those 20 upsets that made the playoffs. The other 14 Big Sky teams over FBS teams – those teams didn't make the playoffs. People forget, Sacramento State's only made the playoffs one time in their history. They got three of those wins. Wow. So it's what you do next, right? I mean, Portland State has three FBS wins over the last 14 years. One of them, though, it was only one time during a playoff season, though. So sometimes you do. You have to keep getting better. You can't let it distract you. 
And uh, you got to just continue to take care of Well, and I think, too, one final point on that, Coulter, is just the level of opponent in the FCS, it's so vast, right, with non-conference schedules, who you're playing, the quality of opponent, and how do you judge that? And I think even, like Sam was just referencing, the three FBS wins for this league – are ranked. They're tiered for sure because he's very accurate with UNLV that they'd probably be middle of the road in the Big Sky Conference. So yet- I, I don't want to be a hater right now, but there's no way that UNLV is even in the middle of the road in the Big Sky. I was no. floored. I'm not, I mean, I don't want to sit here and disparage another program, but I was floored. UNLV's quarterback and running back were good players. Everybody else, I was like, "What? What is happening?" I it was kind of mind blowing. I mean, Eastern you, didn't even play that well. I was thinking the same <laughs> thing that the Eagles didn't even play that crisp. I mean, certainly the top, the five Big Sky teams that are ranked in this week's poll would beat UNLV, and I'd even argue maybe Sacramento State too. So For that sure. that goes to show you where that win ranks. But again, it's tough to judge. Just bringing it back to the point, it's tough to judge, and you have to gauge these non-conference wins and schedules for what they're worth at the moment. But you're right. It's week-to-week. And all, all of these teams that pull off the win, if they dump one game this week, kind of goes out the window. So it, it's always fun to watch. You want us now, ESPN Radio. Jessica from Alpine PT is here to talk a little bit about Alpine Physical Therapy's free baseline concussion testing. It's our Pepsi Youth Sports segment, which we do the first Tuesday of every month. Keep it right here on Nuanas Now. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sports Bet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sports Bet Montana location or by using the Sports Bet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sports Bet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 billion. Sports Bet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sports Bet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Montana State ushered in the return of football for the Treasure State's Big Sky Conference teams, taking Wyoming down to the wire on Saturday afternoon. Then Montana made its rivals narrow 1916 loss to the Cowboys in Laramie a near afterthought, posting one of the biggest upsets in college football history in Seattle on Saturday night. Hello, I'm Coulter Nuanez. MSU battled throughout and led for most of the action against the Cowboys of the Mountain West, but Trayton Welch's 21-yard touchdown catch lifted Wyoming to a three-point win in the first game of Bobcat head coach Brett Deegan's career, but the Grizzlies stole the show later in the evening, marching into Husky Stadium and physically whipping the number 20 Washington Huskies to emerge with a landmark 13-7 win. The Grizzlies brought pressure early and often, relentlessly holding Washington's vaunted rushing attack to just 65 yards and 2.5 yards per carry. UM running back Xavier Harris, a true freshman making his college debut, rushed for 70 yards on 15 carries to help Montana stay ahead, and senior quarterback Cam Humphrey's fourth quarter touchdown run proved to be the final margin as UM became the fifth FCS team, knock off a ranked FBS opponent and more than three 150 contests of the sort. Montana junior linebacker Marcus Wellnell rolled up 12 tackles and snared two interceptions, earning Big Sky Conference Defensive Player of the Week honors to pace the Grizzly defense. And junior Patrick O'Connell added two sacks and three more tackles for loss as Montana overwhelmed the Huskies from start to finish. This 102.9 ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. Yeah. 
on the air. Missed you a bunch yesterday. Hope everybody had a great, long Labor Day weekend. I had myself a hell of a weekend. I was down in Laramie, Wyoming, covering Montana State, but I was also glued to the TV after that game was over, watching Montana against Washington. And uh, just so good to have Big Sky football back in the Treasure State with both the Bobcats and the Grizzlies and everybody else that's competing all the way from the Division I level all the way through the high school level. It's Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN Radio, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, no matter how you are tuning in. It's time now because it's the first Tuesday of the month for our Pepsi Youth Sports segment presented by Pepsi-Cola of Missoula. We have Jessica from Alpine Physical Therapy in studio. Jessica, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, you bet. Thanks. So let's talk about what you guys got going on. Next Thursday, September 16th, from 2 to 5 p.m. at Playfair Park Pavilion. That's behind Splash Montana. If you don't know where Playfair Park is, it's easy to find. So uh, just remember Playfair Park between 2 and 5 next Thursday. But Alpine Physical Therapy is offering free baseline concussion testing so i can sort of explain this but jessica can explain this much better so tell people kind of about what you guys have going on so we are a bunch of physical therapists who are here in this community and we are putting on a free like Coulter said um baseline concussion test so you can bring your kids out um ages 5 to 18 so um any age really and we'll run them through a little baseline concussion test what that means is we check Oh, things like balance and memory and some basic things like that. And um, the benefit is that, you know, nobody ever wants to get a concussion. But, you know, when it happens, the safest way to get back to play is knowing if you have recovered, if your brain has recovered. And sometimes it's hard to judge that. It's hard to know what you're comparing against. And so if you have some information about your kids before they get injured, it's just really helpful for your physician or, you know, anybody who's trying to help you decide if it's safe to go back to play. This is um, both not only a really good medical um advancement but also this is this is a good thing especially for uh, stubborn athletes right because i can't tell you i mean we didn't have this when i was playing high school football Me neither. and uh you know i guarantee you that if we would i mean i guess what i'm saying is a lot of times guys are gonna beg or, or girls are gonna beg their way back into the game and you say okay but now you have sort of a baseline to know yeah. okay this is what you need to be in terms of your cognitive function and here's where you're at so you're just not quite there yeah and sometimes hard to tell you know kids want to play i played a lot of soccer and sure. probably played many times when i shouldn't have sure. so you know concerned parents want to know they're doing the right thing and this is just a really an easy way to do that the test really only takes like 10 minutes to run your kid through it's super easy um and just gives you good information to have jessica alpine physical therapy here with us on nuana's now alpine physical therapy hosting a free baseline concussion testing clinic next thursday playfair park between 2 and 5 p.m and once people get their um Oh, excuse me, 3 to 6 p.m. I have the hours wrong here. So it's 3 to 6 p.m., not 2 to 5. So that's actually better. That's probably more conducive for most of you people that have real jobs. Uh, but uh, take us through, uh, excuse me, so once, once these people have the results, though, they, they get, everybody has their results for themselves, and so they can just have yep. this as sort of a reference. Yeah, point. so it's just a sheet that we fill out, and we hand it to you guys, to the parents. You can take a picture of the last page. The last page has kind of the important information that an athletic trainer or someone at the ER might want to know if you're you know, out of town. Um, you can take a picture of it to have it on your phone so that if you need to go see somebody to get cleared to go back or you're just worried, they can rerun this SCAT-5. That's the name of 
of the test and it's sort of a nationally recognized one for youth. Um, and yeah, so it's super portable. You get to keep the paperwork and you can easily put a picture on your phone, which is what we encourage parents to do for convenience. <laughs> so this is for kids all the way from five years old when you're just starting out, maybe playing little tiny kid soccer all the way through 18 years old. So all the way through your varsity athletes, your seniors in high school. Uh, but this is not, I know a lot of people think head injuries, they think football. Yeah. And that's been such a huge talking point. And I think we've made great advancements in the game of football to help keep people safe from the rules to yeah. just the monitoring of the stuff. But this isn't just for football. No. Concussions can happen in every yep. sport. Yep. I think women's soccer or girls' soccer, I guess, is the second most common place that. to see that. Yep. But, I mean, my neighbor, he skates boards. Sure. <laughs> he right? hits his head every day, I think. <laughs> right. Totally. I mean, skiing. So, yeah. Right. Yep. Totally. Yep. So any sport, really, or, um, you know, if your kid is just active, mountain biking, you know, anything that you think you want to have, just just this information in your back pocket and uh, super helpful. One more time, 3 to 6 p.m., <laughs> Playfair Park, next Thursday, Alpine Physical Therapy, putting on free baseline con concussion testing. Is there anything uh, else that people need to know about this? Nope. They just have to show up. You just don't have show to up. sign up or anything. It's in the pavilion behind the swimming pool, and um, a couple of PTs back there will run you through it or run your kids through it, I guess. This is good information for you to have. So if you have kids out there that are playing sports, it's free. So just head on down there anytime between 3 and 6 p.m. next Thursday, September 16th at the Playfair Park Pavilion and get your kiddo some free baseline concussion testing. So just in case, just in case something happens, uh, they can get healed up properly and in the right fashion. Jessica, very important. So thank you so much for coming in and helping spread the word. Thanks for having us, Coulter. That was great. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. More football. We got our Treasure State Stars of the Week. Plus, we got our Grizz Star of the Week with Patrick O'Connell coming up. Keep it right here, ESPN Missoula. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. What up, Montana? Welcome back. First time ever we're early instead of being late. I love it. It's Nuanas now. Your one-stop shop for all things sports across the Treasure State. Each and every weekday. Right here on ESPN Radio. As well as statewide television. SWX Montana TV. The man himself, Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz. In studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. It's the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Go check Northwest Motorsport out online, nwmsrocks.com. That's nw, 
MSRocks.com. More college football commentary coming at you hot. But first and foremost, I know you're starving. I know you want something to eat. You need to go ahead on down to Taglieri Deli. It's Taglieri Tuesday presented by Taglieri Delicatessen here in Missoula. They make the best sandwiches in town, in the state, period. Go check them out at the corner of Beckwith and Higgins. If you haven't tried it, you want to. It's a sweet little like Italian-style market. They have meat and cheese plates, wine, pasta, and, of course, the best sandwiches anywhere that you're going to find in the Treasure State. And we got $25 of Tagliari for you. So give us a call right now. Caller number three is going to get a $25 gift card to Tagliari Delicatessen as part of our Every Tuesday Tagliari Tuesday, 888-1029. That's 406-888-1029. One more time, 406-888-888-1029. Caller number three, you're going to get 25 bucks to Tagliari Deli. And if you don't win, you're still going to want to swing by because I promise you're going to leave happy. All right, Riley. Uh, by the way, Montana football hour coming up about 20 minutes. Top of the hour, we'll have full uh, commentary, good, bad, and the ugly about both Montana and Montana State's opening weekend, as well as some more reactions and press conference sound from uh, both the uh, head coaches from both Montana State and Montana, Brent Vegan and Bobby Houck. But uh, the Big Sky Conference, a pretty darn good week uh, The uh, this last weekend. UNLV goes down at the hands of Eastern Washington. Tulsa goes down at the hands of UC Davis, and uh, Montana takes out Washington, plus Montana State, a three-point loss on the road uh, at Wyoming. So uh, your reactions to this, because it seems like a pretty good statement for the league to open up the season. I think, and I'm not being, over, I'm not overstating this, culture. I think it might be the best weekend ever for the Big Sky. I really do. I think so too, with, man. With all of those wins and, and nationally relevant, we, we touched on it with Sam, and, and I love Sam, so I'm going to put that out there first off. But he went to North Dakota State, and he lives in Missouri Valley country, okay? So he's got a little bit of a bias maybe slanted there where I would absolutely say, I think the Big Sky is a better league this year than the Missouri Valley. I do, and I think you're going— I think the Big Sky has always been a better league. Yeah? They just haven't—so here's the thing. This is—it all comes down to how do you define a better league because, to me, uh, the—we talk about this in the NFL a lot. The NFC West has had a a narrative for the last couple years as the best division in the NFL— I don't think, in my opinion, you can't be the best division in the NFL if you don't have a team that can win the conference or the Super Bowl. I don't think any NFC West team can win the conference or the Super Bowl unless they truly caught lighting in a bottle. You could totally talk me into three of the four NFC West teams playing for the NFC Championship, but I don't, but I don't think they have a team that could actually win the conference. So I think that's been the one thing that's been maybe holding the big sky back is they don't have that one team that can win the national championship. That's been the thing that put the Missouri Valley one notch up because they had one and a half teams that could win the national championship. North Dakota State, and then the only team that ever beats North Dakota State, South Dakota State. But that said, I have thought for so long that the Big Sky, first of all, beats itself up across the board once they get into conference play. But also, I just think that the Portland States, the Sacramento States of the world would uh, would fare better if they played in the Missouri Valley or the CAA than they do in the Big Sky Conference. I think that's valid. And top to bottom, it is better. And I think just echoing your point, it's more of, okay, do they have teams that can compete at the top? And that's why I wanted to make sure that of the top 11, there are four Big Sky teams and four Missouri Valley teams. So top heavy, you can say that it's even. But 5 through 11, absolutely. I would take Sacramento State right now over Indiana State. 
Uh, easily. Absolutely. And you're going to see it against Western Illinois this weekend. And who knows, the Leather Next might surprise us in that regard. But um, I do think. But back to the Big Sky Conference, I mean, this is just a great weekend. You, you can't. There's not many bad performances. I mean, sure. all the way through, there's not even a, a team that had a letdown as I go through all the scores. I mean, you could maybe say Northern Arizona against Sam Houston, but to me, I never expected NAU to kind of compete in that sure. game at all. So um, just overall for this league, we, we've mentioned the Eastern Washington win. I still think they're kind of a coin flip right now as far as where their season is going to go. It doesn't change national picture to me. Weber State, I've thought for a while that this might be the, I don't want to say the beginning of the end, but they're really going to be challenged this year, and that's going to come more next week against James Madison. That's their true measuring stick game of if Weber State wants to enter that Tier 1, as Sam Herder and us were talking about a little bit earlier. But as far as surprise teams, I always thought coming in here, UC Davis and Sacramento State were the ultimate wild cards. One team really impressed me, and one team kind of didn't. I was surprised that Sac State took them a while to put away Dixie State, a team making their FCS debut, and they didn't light up the scoreboard. Elijah Dotson didn't have that big of a game either. So I guess if I'm picking straws, that would be one kind of takeaway from a negative side of things. But, man, what a league. What a week for the Big Sky. I will say it's the best week, I think, in Big Sky football history. Can they capitalize on it now, though? I think that's interesting. Sam Herter also mentioned Dan Hawkins' comment about how he thinks this is his best UC Davis team yet. Do you believe him? Well, here's the thing, man. And this is why... um, this is why Skyline Sports works, uh, but it's also a huge gap. It's a huge, just empty space. We've seen uh, a pretty big lack of coverage outside of the Montana schools, the Idaho schools, and Eastern Washington in the Big Sky Conference. It sort of makes sense because, you know, the, the schools that are in the more rural markets going to have the more engaged fan bases, plus the schools with the better tradition. It goes hand in hand. I mean, the schools with the best tradition are the ones that are in the rural markets that don't have dominating division, you know, FBS type programs or pro sports or both nearby. But but that's been a gap that's been for a while. But we've seen over the last handful of years, the Davis Enterprise used to have a beat writer on UC Davis. Now they don't. The Greeley Tribune used to have somebody covering Northern Colorado. Now they don't. And it wasn't like ever crazy coverage. I mean, you go to a Montana press conference, there's 10 media outlets there. You go to Montana State, there's 10 media outlets there. You know, you have three TV stations sending one, if not two guys, to both Cats and Grizz media stuff. Live streaming their press conferences. Live streaming press conferences. Something as simple as that. People are engaged. There's people making comments and asking questions. And, and you know, it's a real press conference with a microphone and all this stuff. There's not even any of that stuff going on at these other schools. And so because of that, though, I think that you have these opportunities to sort of build stuff up and nobody really knows about it. And so... Do I believe that UC Davis has their best team? It is hard for me to believe that you have a team that's better than a team that had an OC who's a rising star in Tim Plow, a pro at quarterback in Jake Mayer, who's now playing for Dave Dickinson up in Calgary, a pro in Keelan Doss, which I, I'm actually surprised he hasn't found his way into an active roster. Second best receiver ever behind Cooper Cup. I mean, he was one of the most physically impressive guys I've ever seen. I mean, he was amazing, and he was so productive too. And uh, regardless... It's hard for me to think that you could be better than that, but it's also really hard to analyze the non-sexy positions when you don't have a, a close upfront and personal view of it all. You, you know by reputation that Jay Hill at Weber State's going to have good offensive and defensive fronts. That's just what he does. It's what they recruit to. But I don't know. I have no idea about UC Davis's 
I, I know who their quarterback is. Hunter Rodriguez had a great debut. I know who their running back is. Alonzo Gilliam is one of the best in the league. I know the Rodgers kid, an interior defensive lineman, is very heralded and maybe an NFL guy. Other than that, I don't know anything, and that's only because there's no coverage of him. So maybe Dan Hawkins is right. I, I did not expect that defensive performance from UC Davis. When I think of UC Davis, that yeah, they've got maybe a guy or two defensively, but to put that kind of effort together, forcing turnovers, beating Tulsa on the road, holding them to 17. But yeah, your, your point is so valid on UC Davis and pretty much over half the league for sure as far as there's always a surprise each year. And I would absolutely base that surprise off of lack of media coverage for that certain team. Whoever it is on a given year, whether it's an Idaho State, whether it's a UC Davis, whether it's Cal Poly during their heyday, which, by the way, that was actually a really good win for them. I, that's, absolutely, that's a huge more, win. More wins than maybe some people predicted they'd have all year. So and, Cal Poly took down San Diego, for those that haven't been paying attention. San Diego is a Pioneer League squad, so non-scholarship, but... They've been in the playoffs the last several years. Two wins over Big Sky I mean, they beat, they beat Cal Poly, right? And in AU. And they beat NAU as well. And they're also coached by a guy with uh, an outstanding reputation in the college world, Dale Lindsay. Mm-hmm. He was the linebacker's coach for the New York Giants. Like when, when Bill Parcells, the tuna, was winning Super Bowls. I mean, this guy coached Lawrence Taylor, so I think he knows some football. He does. So, so that's a big win for Cal Poly. Well, and it, tell, it goes to show me, too, that Bo Baldwin, we know he's been one of the best coaches ever in the Big Sky Conference in the history of it, but... There's buy-in in that locker room to go on the road and beat a San Diego team when everyone else is saying that you're not going to be good, you had a terrible spring, where's the momentum there, they might go winless. And for them to go on the road, too, those are the under-the-radar games. And we can look big picture now or wherever we want to, culture. but these wins now yep. in week one are going to be so huge on November 21st when that bracket comes out because it's the ultimate tiebreaker in the FCS when you cannot play certain leagues and you don't really have a barometer to compare teams wins like this are huge even from the bottom level and it goes to our point about big sky versus missouri valley cal poly was picked dead last in the missouri valley they went on the road and beat a team that might be in the playoffs this year in san diego that to me is my argument on the big sky conference and um it will absolutely play a part i was sitting with kent haslam obviously during the game uh when the grizz beat washington this he's on the playoff committee these wins are big Time, they're magnified in that selection process when they are trying to narrow down the field and pick different in seating and, and home games and all of those things these top contenders are reaching for. This is a massive, monumental weekend. You can't understated enough by uh, how big of an impact it's going to be for the Big Sky come late October and November. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television, Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me, Coulter Nuanas. In studio, we step outside college football for just a minute, about 10 minutes away from the Montana football hour. We'll usually do the Montana football hour, the first hour of each Monday show. But we knew all you guys were driving back from the lake yesterday. So we took the day off too, sort of, not really actually. It worked like 11 hours yesterday. But same. <laughs> yeah. We, when you get in the flow of the season, we're not complaining. This is great. I, I mean, there's nothing I'd rather be doing than prepping and sending emails and making the rounds and scheduling the interviews. But uh, regardless, Take a step outside of the college football world. Quickly, just a few uh, notes from the high school football landscape. Top rank Missoula Sentinel. Uh, they stayed undefeated. They won for the second week in a row. They beat Bozeman 34-14 on the road. One of the big wins of the uh, past week, and probably actually the biggest win, number two, Helena High. And by the way, if I, when we're using the rankings, I'm using the rankings from the um, Class AA prep football poll administered by Tyler Smith and his guys. 
because uh, we have a vote in that. So that's just the rankings I'm using. I'm not saying it's more prestigious or better or worse than some of the other uh, media organizations' rankings. But when you're hearing these rankings, these are the rankings that I have a, a hand in voting in. But number two, Helena High, uh, they got past number five, Billing Senior, 28-14. Uh, future Grizz quarterback, Caden Hewitt. Uh, was good once again, threw a couple touchdowns and also ran for a touchdown. Actually, threw three touchdowns and ran for a touchdown as well. Uh, so, Caden Hewitt, the future Grizz, uh, continued to impress. Big breakthrough win for the Big Sky Eagles, man. They were uh, hard luck losers on the road at Gallatin two weeks ago. They turned the ball over four times in the red zone and lost 13-3. to Well, they came all the way back, and they hung 42 on an upstart Skyview team that a lot of people think is underrated. So, Missoula Big Sky 42-7. Uh, victory here in Missoula. Caleb Wren, he threw for three scores, including two to Lewis Sanders. So a good job by Matt Johnson, the Big Sky Eagles, because I know I talked to Coach Johnson last week, and he was frustrated, man. He told his team, hey, you turn the ball over six times, you're not going to win, period. So good for Big Sky to sort of iron things out. Billings West kept rolling. They beat Helena Capital 28-0. West remains one of the top teams in the state. Taco Dowler, he kept doing it. He went over 2,000 yards receiving in his Billings West career, caught a 43-yard touchdown. Uh, So the... uh, State recruiting battle for that young man is going to be a fun one because I know both Montana and Montana State want him badly. Would you compare that maybe to a Junior Bergen of last year as far as the, the hype from both sides, which we're going to get to this in the Montana Football Hour. How about in the fourth quarter seeing Junior Bergen out there? Well, he's, he's talented enough. I've always thought plug and play, running back's the spot you can do it at. If you are – basically it comes down to your confidence level, right? Mm-hmm. You just have to be confident enough to take the handoff and make something happen. If you believe in yourself, I think you can play – Right out the gates, we saw it with both Xavier Harris and Junior Bergen. Uh, both look pretty darn good in the Montana run game. I think so, too. And my takeaways is I did take a back seat to high school football this last week, and I'll admit yep. that right now. But when I was catching up on the scores, reading some articles from around the state, how about the city of Missoula? 3-0. and I mean, when was the last time that happened? Man, it's been a long time because Hellgate had this years-long losing streak. Right. Missoula Big Sky has been... They've actually been up. They've been pretty good with the Janet Carroll brothers the last several years. But, yeah, no, it's probably been a long time since that's happened. That, that was a big, I mean, rallying point for me. 3-0 and from the Missoula schools. Billings West, watch out for them. Because I think everyone that was in Washington Grizzly Stadium, this is no disrespect to Sentinel, but West had multiple chances to win that game. And yep. they are now, it's one of those situations where that could fuel them the rest of the year. They had a great performance, a good bounce-back win. Um, and then Missoula Sentinel just continuing to roll. Those were just some of my main takeaways. And then a shout-out to my Billing Central Rams beat Miles City. That's yeah, always a that's good a good win. That though. is Miles, a good win. Miles City is very good. Yes. A uh, couple more scores for you. Uh, Great Falls High is sort of on the skids. I don't know why. They've only scored seven points in the first two weeks. I was just going to ask you that. What is up? I don't know because Reed Harris is one of the most talented athletes in the state. They have weapons uh, offensively. I think it's just, I think it's more a credit to Helena High and Butte. I think both those teams are just really good defensively. Butte has never really been historically good defensively. Well, it's right? been a while, right? Okay. Uh, the Airy Gray Air Raid Bulldogs right. have certainly been all gas, no brakes, okay. trying to throw the ball over the place. Um, you know. Back in the day, Butte was actually really good on defense when they had Colt Anderson and Cole Salo and those guys. They just had not one single bit of offense, and they went defeated. They were losing games like 14-7 to four, fourteen to seven every weekend because Colt Anderson was just playing his heart out and <laughs> he had no help. He only had one pick six instead of two. <laughs> That's, exactly, two. That's exactly right. But uh, Great Falls side, they lose 17-7 to Butte. I'd actually say Butte's probably the surprise of A so far. They took Senior all the way down the wire. And they get a great win over Great Falls, so that's a good one. You mentioned Hellgate. Connor Dick, son of former Grizz, uh, outstanding basketball player Ryan Dick. He's the quarterback there at Missoula Hellgate. And Dick threw five touchdown passes, including three to Ian Finch and two more to Leo Filardi. 
Keep Ian Finch on the top of your tip of your tongue too. Uh, it's going to be one of the best recruits in the state by the time this uh, fall is all said and done. He's very athletic. I think he's definitely a Division One uh, type guy. Bozeman Gallatin kept it rolling, forty-seven to, or excuse me, forty-nine to seven over Kalispell Flathead. Tease for later on this week. We launched our Catching Up with the Cats podcast series last week with Mike Person, the debut episode. He told some great stories about his time in the NFL, particularly. One that I'll never forget about Justin Smith, one of the most underrated defensive linemen over the last handful of years in the NFL. But this week's Catching Up with the Cats features J.P. Flynn, former All-American offensive lineman for the Cats, and now the offensive coordinator at Gallatin High. So uh, we got a little high school action uh, in the Catching Up with the Cats podcast, but also some great stories about uh, the Rob Ash to Jeff Choate transition at Montana State and some good stories about DeForest Buckner uh, during J.P.'s time uh, at Montana, or excuse me, with the San Francisco 49ers. Well, J.P.'s one of my favorites. I mean, he's just so personable, right? And, so good. And it's such a good interview, man. He really is. I mean, he just shoots it to you straight. There's no BS with J.P. It's fun to see him being a part of this Gallatin team. The, the culture, I mean, quite frankly, I was at the first Crosstown game last year when it was Gallatin and Bozeman. And that was a mismatch because Bozeman had all the seniors and yep. Gallatin had all the underclassmen. Yep. So they weren't supposed to win. But now in year two, I mean, has Gallatin already flipped the script? Are they 2-0 and already? Yep. But now they have had everyone. They had, they obviously didn't lose anyone from last year to now. They've started out 2-0. and That, to me, is a storyline in Montana football this year. Watch out for the rise of Gallatin. And then also, can Bozeman hold on? Because, I mean... We'll see. I mean, they lost to Sentinel by 20, but as far as that Crosstown game, that one is already circled for me, and you know it's certainly circled for Gallatin as well on Friday, October 15th, of the Battle of Bozeman. But Gallatin's an, another one to me. Flathead just seems that they're in a tough rut right now with a lot of different things, but trying to score. And I mean, this is a game where you thought maybe it'd be close. I mean, they opened with Skyview and um, Gallatin. 0-2 with blowout losses, so might be a tough year up there. No question. Last double-A score for, to run by you, Jake Randina, 208 yards and two touchdowns to lead Kalispell Glacier, a number four-ranked Wolfpack, past Great Falls CMR 33-21. couple Class A scores for you. Riley mentioned a number four Billing Central knocked off number three Miles City, 17-9, so good win there by the Rams. Tyson Rostad ran for four touchdowns, the future Grizz did for Hamilton, and they trucked Dylan 48-6. I don't care what is going on anywhere in the high school football world. When Dylan loses forty-eight to six, that's a huge—that's a huge number. I mean, Dylan never loses forty-eight. To I don't six. know if I've ever seen that. Dylan doesn't lose Dylan, forty-eight to six. That has to be one of the worst losses in school history. Uh, but also one of the great performances by Hamilton, Absolutely. who's led by uh, former Dylan Beaver Bryce Carver. So that game uh, was in Dylan. It was uh, in Dylan. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Uh, Interesting. So, uh, more high school football throughout the week. We're probably going to always catch you up in full force on Tuesdays, but this is our first day of the week here on Nuanas now. So, we'll continue to make the rounds high school football throughout the rest of the week. But now, it's time to get into it. The Montana Football Hour, what you've been waiting for all weekend long. We'll hear from Bobby Houck, Brent Vegan, and full analysis of both Montana's epic win at Washington, Montana State's narrow loss at Montana State, the Montana Football Hour, presented by Stockman Bank, coming at you hot right here on ESPN Radio. 
Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 